0: You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Good morning. I'm coming to you live from my living room, just like Pastor Rick, and I've got My French bulldog bubbles here on my lap, Um, snoozing away if you hear some snoring, that's what that is. Uh, When we come together in worship, whether we're together in the sanctuary or we're online like this, one of the things that we always do is we turn to words from scripture to guide us and to focus us. This morning, our scripture is going to be read by Mackenzie Godfrey. And it's a passage from what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and it's Jesus speaking to people who had some questions, had some things to be worried about, had some concerns. Now before we hear these words from Mackenzie, I just want to offer a, a prayer, a quick prayer. So if you'll pray with me before the scripture is read. Lord, I pray that this scripture would speak to us today, and though it is ancient And though Jesus' words have been heard and read many times, I pray that they would be fresh for us this morning. Be with us in this time of worship. Amen. And now let's hear Mackenzie read these words from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Last week, I looked at my calendar and I realized that most of it was useless. I had a dentist appointment scheduled. Well, that's been postponed. I had a wellness visit for my daughter, Maxine, Uh, that's postponed, supposed to go to Lansing for a meeting with some other clergy, not gonna happen, at least not face-to-face. My family was probably gonna get together for Easter. Again, not gonna happen. So I had all these things scheduled and I thought I knew what was going to happen on any given day, but now I don't. Most of you probably know what I'm talking about. Have you felt that way recently? It's a little bit wild. It's like we all woke up one morning and the things that we expected to fill March and April suddenly no longer apply, at least not in the way we originally thought that they would. And if you're like me, some of these days you wake up and you just go, well, what am I going to do with this day? (laughs) I mean, the truth is there's all kinds of additional things that have since emerged. And many of us find that our days are very full. I found that there's all these new commitments that I didn't have before. Like my daughter's daycare is closed. So suddenly I'm a full time stay at home parent in addition to doing my job. And I know that's true for a lot of you who are watching at home as well. Just a month ago, we took it for granted that if you scheduled a party, if you scheduled a baptism, if you scheduled a face-to-face meeting, that it would stay where you put it on the calendar and it would happen if we planned it, and that's no longer true, at least in our immediate future, and that's a little bit disconcerting. And it feels like such a small thing, really, when you're talking about parties or get-togethers. I mean, it's not a big thing when you think about people who are sick and people who are in the hospital and people who are grieving. And yet we've all been thrown for a loop. We all have had our lifestyles changed in some way. Those things that we counted on, that we assumed, that we took for granted, well, we can no longer take them for granted. You can't go into the store and expect that you're going to be able to buy pasta. You're going to be able to buy bananas at any given moment, eggs, milk. I mean, it's just different than it was when you went shopping in January. Life feels Different. You can't call up a friend and go over to their house just on a whim. And yet, we hope that these measures that we're putting into place, these differences that we're experiencing will in fact save people's lives. And science tells us that they will. These precautions, staying at home, taking on uh, this stay-at-home order will affect people in a positive way. And there's a lot of emotions that come with that. You might be exhausted. You might be frustrated. You might be bored. You might be anxious. And every emotion that you're feeling right now, it's valid. It's okay. Whatever you're feeling, it's all right. One of the powerful things about being a Christian is that we have words that we can turn to in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. And Jesus has words to offer us even now, even in the midst of these very strange days. Mackenzie read to us from Matthew 6, and I shared, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus literally went up onto a mountain, he had been teaching he'd been preaching he'd been healing people and this whole crowd had started to gather around him because they said we want to know more about this Jesus guy what's he got to say because we know his words are going to change our lives and so this this mob was following Jesus and so he climbs up a mountain so that people can hear him people can see him they didn't have microphones and webcams in those days right of course so that's how he got the word across that's his virtual worship or his um, going up into a pulpit, the Sermon on the Mount. And there's lots of things he teaches in this section of scripture. It's Matthew five, six, and seven. I'd encourage you to read it if you have the time after this service. Some of these passages are almost like poetry, the way they're occasionally translated. Like if you look at the, the King James version of what Mackenzie read, consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil nor do they spin and yet truly I tell you Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as richly as these. They don't toil nor do they spin. It's just beautiful language. King Solomon of course was a king in the Hebrew Bible, we sometimes call it the Old Testament. And he was extremely wise. He was extremely wealthy. He built the temple the first time around. So this is like the pinnacle of what it means to be wealthy and well-dressed. And Jesus is saying, the lilies have it just as good. And they've done nothing to worry about it. So think about them. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. Look at the situation that they're in. And Jesus is speaking to people who have a lot to be worried about, quite frankly. They don't have modern healthcare. They're worried about things like, if I do get sick, will I recover? Will I have food to eat? Because he teaches them a prayer earlier on, give us today our daily bread, because they didn't know if they were gonna get it on a given day. So they're worried about food, they're worried about health, um, they're worried about clothing, they're worried about shelter, they're worried about all the same things that we, today are worried about, although it was in different ways back then. And Jesus goes on to say, who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? Stop worrying about tomorrow, because when tomorrow gets here, you're going to have plenty of things to worry about then. Just consider today. Worry about today. Now, to be clear, I don't think Jesus is saying, okay, just forget about tomorrow, to heck with it. It's not some kind of hedonistic message where we're not supposed to plan ahead or think about the future. Jesus is simply saying, look at the things around you. Think about the flowers in the field. Think about the birds in the air. God cares about these things, too. How much more does God care about you and me? if God's willing to care about a creature who's here for just such a short span of time and has such simple needs compared to human beings. It's like he's saying, there's a lot to be worried about, but you know what? We're gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. We've been given this moment, this precious moment, and that's what we need to be worried about. We need to be concerned with what we're doing right now. And he goes on in the sermon to talk about um, things like feeding the hungry, praying for our daily bread, being light to the world, offering hope to those around us, loving our enemies. It's so easy to get swept up in what might happen for good or for bad. I mean, that's human nature, That's we all do that. But worry in and of itself changes nothing. It's a sobering message, I think a good message for our time. Worrying doesn't change anything in and of itself. So Buddhists for years have been practicing something called mindful presence or, or simply mindfulness, practicing presence. And it's a spiritual practice, or the secular world does it too, of just focusing on the moment that you're in. It's... In my mind the very definition of considering the lilies or looking to the birds the idea is to focus on what you're doing in the present moment without dwelling on the past without worrying about the future without judging what's happening around you simply taking in the details that are in your world the action that you can take now And part of the idea is to truly experience whatever it is you are doing. Because often as humans, we're doing one thing, but we're thinking about the 10 next things or worrying about the 10 things we already did. Were they good enough? How will they end up? And we're not actually focusing on this moment. Sitting on a couch maybe next to people that you love watching worship, lighting a candle, eating your breakfast, simple kind of things, right? The idea is if you find your thoughts starting to wander towards the past or the present, towards judging what's happening right now, you just reel them back in. You just take a breath, you refocus and try to keep your mind on the here and now. So I wish I could tell you I was an expert in this. Um, Those of you who know me know that I'm not a very anxious person, I'm pretty laid back. But I also have moments like any one of us where I get caught up in the future and I start thinking, well, what is going to happen next? And how is it going to happen? And what if the worst case scenario happens in any given situation? What if the worst case scenario is, in fact, 10 times worse than what I'm imagining it will be? I don't know how that's possible, but you know how your mind works. That's how my mind works. Have you been there? Have you thought in those ways? I'm willing to bet most of you have in the past couple of weeks because our country has, our world has, we're just wondering a lot about what's gonna happen. So for me, that's when I take a deep breath and I just, I breathe in and I breathe out. Breathing is another practice of presence. You probably already know that, right? You focus on your breath. You focus on taking air in and letting it back out again. It's one of those basic human functions that we don't typically spend time being aware of, and yet awareness of our breath can calm us down. It can lower our blood pressure. It can lessen our anxiety. It can help us to remain focused on what it is we're doing right now. What God has to say to us in this moment I think that's part of what Jesus was speaking to in this passage from the Sermon on the Mount. For a while, my husband Joel used something called a mindfulness bell. I had forgotten about this until he reminded me last night and he had it, it was an app on his phone and it was just a tone that every so often throughout the day, randomly would just ding. And the idea is you you hear the tone and it's a call to refocus and to pray. So you hear the tone and you stop whatever else you were thinking about or worrying about, and you just center your mind on the here and the now worrying about today, considering the flowers, thinking about the creatures around us, the creation that God has put around us in this world. I think it's a great tool. I haven't used it myself, but Joel found it to be really helpful. All of these practices are ways that we live in the moment, ways that we can practice presence. One of the best times to practice these things is just when you're waiting, when you're waiting in traffic, when you're waiting in line back when we used to stand in physical lines, when you're waiting on hold on the phone, when you're waiting at the door for a delivery to come from wherever you're getting delivery from, It's a good moment to refocus because those moments of waiting can be frittered away as we think about what could happen. As we think about negative stuff from the past, it's a good chance to bring it back. Say, God, what about this moment right here, right now? Take a breath, refocus, let go of some of that worry. To paraphrase, The words of Jesus, if you're worried, consider the lilies of the field. Look at the birds and let go worrying about tomorrow because when tomorrow gets here, there's gonna be plenty of new things to be worried about. It's not that we're just supposed to check out and pretend that things don't exist to be worried about. I think it's that we're called to be people of today people of this moment. God has things for us to do right here, right now, and if we're so worried about the past and the future, we might miss it. We have in other passages of scripture lines that say things like, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, and it's yesterday, and it's tomorrow too, but today is what we have control over, Today is what we can change. Today is when we can take action. And I believe God is calling us now in this moment, right here, right now, to love one another, to reach out to one another, to pray for one another, to help feed those who are hungry if we can. There's something for us to do right here, right now, with this moment, with this day and hour that we've been given because each one is so precious. I know it's a stressful time right now and it's a weird time and it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole of the what ifs. And there's very good reason for that. There's a lot that we just don't know. But I'd invite you this week when your field, when your your thoughts start to go afield and you start to think, what if, what if, what if. I invite you to draw it back. Take a deep breath and say the prayer, God, what are you calling me to do in this moment? Who are you calling me to be in this moment? How can I make a difference right here, right now with the tools that I've been given? We don't need to be somebody else. We don't need to be anywhere else. God can use you and me now. each day is precious. Each moment is unique. So I invite you as you're going through your week to pray, Lord, what would you have me do with this unique time, with this precious moment? May it be so for us today and in the days to come. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.